The Evolve Pod is hosted and produced by TriSwimCoaching.com, the home of expert swimming, open water and triathlon coaching for all abilities in Oxfordshire. If you're interested in getting involved in multi-sport, please visit TriSwimCoaching.com and get yourself set up for a free consultation with me to see how we can help your triathlon performance. We're also supported by Notepad. Notepad are a kick-ass Birmingham-based branding agency who formulate crystal clear strategy alongside jaw-dropping design to make your brand truly unbeatable. You can check them out via their website at notepadstudio.com. Lastly, as a little benefit for the listener, I've teamed up with The Fell Store, an independent business created in lockdown to inspire more people to enjoy the mental and physical benefits of nature and the outdoors. They provide tasty, lightweight, dehydrated and freeze-dried meals ideal for any outdoor adventure. You can use the promo code EVOLVE15 on checkout to get 15% off all meals. Welcome to episode 34 of the Evolve Pod. On this episode, I'm joined by a fellow outdoor enthusiast and snowboarder, Graham Walker, the founder of The Forge Blog. The title of this episode, You Don't Need to Be an Extraordinary Person to Live an Extraordinary Life, really sums up Graham and what he's about. It's really cool to listen to somebody share the true passion and true experience, but also times of grief, times of sorrow, times of trauma, and how they've moulded Graham to the person he is today and what he stands for. It's also really interesting to listen to how somebody deals with the pressures and strains of the corporate world and how using the outdoors as a mechanism for fun and enjoyment really allow Graham to keep the balance in his very busy life. So listen, learn and grow. Hey Graham, it's good to have you on the Evolve Pod. Thanks for coming on. I know you've been away in the mountains recently. How was your little trip? Hello, sir. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it was great actually. It was um in terms of hassle, there was no hassle, you know, it was straight flights. We flew from Edinburgh on like the first flight out, because obviously we wouldn't get there. <laughs> so we got into Geneva, jumped on the transfer, straight into Chamonix, and we're probably there for midday. So the first day we didn't really do anything. We just acted like tourists, um, took in the scenes, went into town, grabbed a bite to eat. And uh, yeah, the weather was fine, actually. Um, when we first got there, it was a little mixed. I think on the Monday or the Tuesday, I was actually woke up by a rain at five in the morning. <laughs> That's not what you want on, yeah, a, rain, on a snowboarding trip, right? <laughs> yeah, and it was okay actually because I kind of had my suspicions that if it's raining um, in the town, it's going to be snowing on the mountain. And my um, that that was confirmed when we headed up the mountain. It was maybe about two or three inches, and that that's just enough to give you a little bit of fun. Um, but yeah, it's awesome, mate. Loved it. <laughs> nice. I mean, I've spent a bit of time in Chamonix myself, both in the summer and the mm-hmm. winter. And it's a very special place. It's a it's a very uh it is a very cool place, particularly if you're into any type of sports, essentially. There's something mm-hmm. for literally everybody there. Um, and I think we could probably talk about Chamonix in itself for quite a long time. But, <laughs> <No doubt. laughs> but the the, the there's lots that I want to talk about with you um, sure. on this episode of the pod. And the title of this podcast is you don't need to be an extraordinary person to live an extraordinary life. And that sentence in itself is something that I've taken from your website, a quote of your own. 
uh, from the Forge blog website. And mm -hmm. I think this is a really powerful sentence because there's so many people out there that are judging themselves versus other people, judging themselves versus what they might see online, judging themselves by what they have or haven't achieved. Mm -hmm. And I think more people need to actually believe in their extraordinary self, believe in themselves and believe they're able to do things that they may that may seem far beyond their sort of um, stretch of ability. So of first of all, thank you for giving me the opportunity to read that, that <laughs> sentence. Sure, I think sure. for me personally, it's a really cool sentence, but it's come from your website and this the Forge blog where mm -hmm. imagination meets metal and the, you are obviously the founder of the Forge blog. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about where the Forge blog started and, and kind of what it means to you? Of course. Um, so I originally started it back in 2018 with the idea that I would just talk about the things that I like to do. You know, probably some of yourself, you know, I'm a, a kind of corporate guy. I work the nine to five during the week, have a family. I've got two young boys, Harry's nine, Freddie's four. Um, Equally, I like to do things for me. So I had originally started the blog with the intention of documenting what I like to get up to, whether that be sports, uh, my passions, hill walking, um, trips away, you know, kind of many adventures and breaks, right? But then the idea was that as that kind of progressed, it was going to be like a hand-me-down to my kids. It's almost like this is what dad got up to. Um, and kind of pass it on and see if they wanted to pick up the helm, if they like. And that was without any preconceptions of assuming what they were going to do with their life and equally what kind of sports they were into. It was just going to be a, um, a repository, if you like, of, of cool things that perhaps I did and they did. But to cut a long story short, it ended up growing arms and legs because um, I thought to myself, what... Well, what if I kind of piggyback other people and see if they want to write a story about why they get into what they get into? Or equally, how did they get out of a tough time or a tough spot in their life to kind of overcome a little bit of adversity? Um, and that's really where the metal part comes in, is just kind of gritting in um, and pushing through. So it actually is now a kind of a one-stop shop for a bit of everything now, Ali. Um, there's lots of different stories on there, different people, different backgrounds, um, and literally any topic of life, you know, whether that be sports, trauma, um, world records, um, former military, housewives. Yeah, there's a, bit, there's a bit of everything there for everybody. So if you're kind of coming to the website as a newcomer, there's no... Um, one size fits all. It's uh, there's no elitism. It's basically normal people that have done extraordinary things, and that's really hands itself to the the tag of um, you don't need to be an extraordinary person to do extraordinary things. It's uh, it's extraordinary because you see it as not because somebody else does. Yeah, that's really interesting about, you know, the perspective on what you achieve as an individual from yourself and almost, you know, the value of what you achieve is, sure. is really important. For you personally, when you, um, you know, when you see the 
the people interacting with the forge blog what do you personally take from that as an individual? I mean, do you do you take lessons from the the guests, for want of a better word, for, that you can then apply into your own personal life? Yeah, because because what you're ultimately doing is you're making your pool bigger, right? So yeah, the people that you touch upon um, or affect in life is generally how you um, meet people. But equally, if you uh, if you make that happen a little easier as opposed to just bumping into people, if you actively source and seek these people out, then there must have been something about that person that made you want to do that. And I think the people that I spoke to and certainly the people that are on the blog have interested me enough to want to create the initial conversation. And then from that point, it's, it's just became its own thing. Much like we're having a conversation now, we'll probably just go down the road that were led to yeah and i think there's so many people out there that you know on on face value dare i say it maybe don't come across as your kind of the standard extraordinary person and sure. you know all these crazy things and i know i know um there's a few people that spring to my mind i won't mention any names of people that i've worked with and coached who you meet them and they kind of give off this kind of everyday sort of I'm just a normal person kind of thing and the more you kind of get to know them and understand them and you hear what they've been through and you experience what they've been through and what they've managed to achieve and you kind of think Jesus you're definitely not like on a normal person you are a massively high achiever but you may not give yourself the credit that you sort of deserve and it's that kind of thing and I guess this is the essence of the Evolve pod as well it's sort of like showcasing you know what people can do and the mm-hmm. great things that sort of your inverted commas normal person can actually achieve and so I really kind of resonate with you in terms of trying to showcase that trying to showcase these amazing stories and showcase the benefits of what sharing these stories of, of trauma success grief you know world records all these kind of stuff sharing all these stories allows people in a similar scenario to sort of realize for themselves what they might be able to achieve and, and sort of capable of it's a bit it's a bit of a double-edged sword because you get people pretty much like myself when I was younger, you have a certain amount of imposter syndrome. You, you, you know, you're doing something that's um that you feel you're very capable of doing and you're doing these things, but in the back of your mind you're thinking, how did I get to this point? And then the other side of the sword is a lot of people put a lot of negativity and fear. Um and kind of breed that internally, like they feel they can't do it because they won't measure up or they'll look silly. But the problem is, is we give too much attention to the one percenters, right? The people that are elite, the people that do good at a specific sport. And the thing is with that, is if you are one percent, I would expect them to be good. That's their job, right? Like they, they've got no other fallback. So when we're on the outside looking in, it's like, I'm not going to try that because I'm not that good. You know, you're actually doing yourself a disservice. And I actually gave, I was I was lucky enough to be part of a, a panel at the Kendall Mountain Festival one year. And I, the way I described it was, you're trying to cross a bridge. On one side, you're the beginner. On the other side, you're kind of a competent person in whatever it is you're trying to pursue. And each time you step on one of the rungs, you gain confidence and also the skill, right? 
but it only you have to cross the bridge in order to get where you need to be but it takes time and i think the problem with a lot of us is we want to bypass the time and just be good you know um yeah there's you can't you can't shortcut it and sadly you don't even need to be that good to enjoy it like i'm not i wouldn't say amazing at anything snowboarding running um hill walking but i enjoy it and that to me is that over levels anything mm. you know yeah yeah we're gonna come on to the yeah no but we're gonna come on to the outdoor kind of element of what you do and the sort of the physical mm-hmm. exercise etc because mm-hmm. that is obviously a big part of who you are and allows you to kind of be and experience life that you want to which is mm-hmm. a really powerful thing but going back to the uh, I'm really interested in things like fear and failure and yeah. imposter syndrome that you you mentioned just now mm-hmm. I mean I've definitely struggled with imposter syndrome and I would probably I don't know there'll probably always be an element of that in there somewhere and I and I think that's probably safe to say for most people as well because it is such a common thing that not many people actually confront or talk about how Mm -hmm. have you kind of dealt with that in your own space for me personally I've always tried to as cheesy as it is we always talk about comfort zones and these kind of things but because um predominantly in the corporate world I've tried to push myself doing things that's that's not that so like sports um three peaks challenge tried to do um some events that are held by kind of former special forces guys won some of those events and um basically i think it's a bit of to be honest it's probably deep down a little bit of an insecurity right like you think to yourself um you know, if you watched a film with your dad, something crazy would happen on, on the screen. And I always remember my dad would say, I can do that. <laughs> and of course you can do that. But deep down, you know, maybe just kind of struck a chord and I'm like, well, if my dad can do it, I want to be able to do it. And, you know, I've kind of just pushed myself down the lines of trying to do the things that I thought I couldn't do. And then, you know, sometimes I can do them, sometimes I can't. But at least that's given me a lesson in, um, probably a little bit of humility um, and it also keeps the ego in check because a lot of people that think they're fit they're only really fit in one discipline because that's the way they've trained them when they try to do like or cross over to do other things then sometimes the body just fails because they're not robust to take the level of knocks or they can't deal with the weather or, or these kind of things they've kind of pursued a path that's been program driven and if that program doesn't have kind of the shit factor if you like then some sometimes people find it hard to react to things that's not within their control yeah do you think there's any kind of um synergy between the sort of the theory of you know that being robust but and then also being resilient yeah i think and the thing is you only really build them when, when you start taking knocks, right? Mm. Like, I think the job that I'm in and being in the corporate world has kind of set me up pretty well with dealing with stress because the kind of world that I deal with is kind of high demand um, and ultimately you're contributing to a profit sheet 
right? So when the shareholders at the end of the year aren't making their money, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a level of expectation that next year you're going to better that. Um, and that, that does take its toll on your soul because some, sometimes the monetary value coming in isn't reflective of the effort going out. And what I mean by that is you could work super duper hard and just through, for example, COVID hit and you don't kind of make the, the level of expectation that um, is expected. And that's not necessarily anything to do with what you've done or how hard you've worked. It's just, that's the playing field at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm kind of, my mind's kind of worrying onto the whole thing of kind of like, you know, the value and of what you put in and what you get out and what that means in terms of that kind of structure of the corporate employment. And I guess that's, uh, that, again, that's a whole nother, le- a whole nother level of depth that we <laughs> might might have to push for another podcast. Yeah, I think, sure. yeah, I think, like you talk about the the stress of the job that you're in so yeah. you you, uh, you work in the oil and gas industry yeah. um and i can imagine you know I, I don't come from a corporate world i have dipped my toe in it a few times and decided yeah. that's definitely not really the right place <laughs> for me um yeah. but i you know do, do i i run my own business with my wife we have mm-hmm. uh, you know different stresses and strains particularly you know when, when you mentioned covid and you know our business really got hit by that and so I've certainly used the, uh, well, among, among other things, but I've certainly used the outdoors as my kind of um, my my get out, my stress relief, my recalibrator, my peace, you know, whatever kind of you want to call it. Sure. It seems that you do something similar in times of kind of like, you know, stress or and, it, and equally times when it's not stressful and just time to go and enjoy. Tell us a little bit more about the, the, the outdoors, the mountains, the exercise and what that kind of. What they what they sort of on what they actually mean to you rather than just getting some fresh air. What does it what does it mean? What does it do for you? So to kind of take you back, we're all kind of started. You know, yeah. Sounds like, sounds like a story book, but <laughs> I've I've always been in the outdoors ever since I was little, like you know, five six years old. And my mom and dad would just kind of let me run away and play, and I was quite adventurous in that when I was told. Right, game you come home and the light comes on, you know, the light, the, the street lights come on. My dad would have to come and get me. He had a kind of a wolf whistle, and I was <laughs> exactly it was my dad. And as opposed to running towards my dad, I would run away because I'm not ready to come in. So my dad would actually have to come and get me anyway. So he'd actually done himself a bit of a disservice by trying to get me to come in. So I've always been in the outdoors, you know. The first thing you would do when you come in from school, for me personally, it wasn't homework. I would get shifted and changed, head out, grab my pals, grab my bike, um, and you would go and do stunts without a helmet and these kind of things. You know, you jump off garages. But then that's kind of transferred into my adult life because, one, I guess I see myself as a bit of a, a Peter Pan, where I still don't see myself as a grown-up. <laughs> <laughs> but also the work that I do do is like, 90% of the time above the shoulder stuff. You know, you're working things out in the head, you're trying to do things in the flag, you're dealing with numbers, you're dealing with calls. Um, sometimes you'll bypass lunch, you're having it at your desk. So I need the outdoors to balance out the, the mental strain of 
trying to make sense day to day corporately. And I think, I mean, you see it all the time, a lot of people just kind of implode because they, they, they don't have an outlet um, and work just consumes them. And by the point where they feel they need to or can do something, it's too late, they're down a hole. But because I've more or less grew up being in the outdoors, I've actually made the outdoors my priority over my job. My job affords me the lifestyle that I lead, but my, my true passion is the outdoors, not my, not my career. Yeah, I think that in itself is a really good message to get out there for people to listen to, because I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there who probably feel the same as you and how you just voiced that there, but probably don't necessarily feel that they can voice it for fear of what repercussions may come from that. I don't know. Um, but I think it's it's becoming more and more prevalent now to actually think, hang on a minute, the career is, it is important, but it's not necessarily the absolute be all and end all. And I think, you know, putting yourself certainly for me putting myself first allows me to then be the best person around my family and my wife and my kids and then equally yeah. when it comes to work I'm in a better space to work rather mm -hmm. than kind of work 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 and do everything else when I can I guess the difference between me and you is I run my own business so I can therefore run my own time sure. probably I'm slightly sure. slightly easier than you can but it's good to, it's really refreshing to hear someone in you know deep in the corporate world still have their yeah. priorities fixed and kind of I'm um, in my opinion right like I'm I'm really I'm really happy with that that's really good and I'm, I'm kind of like I'm well I'm basically saying well done I think I think that's a really good good strong position for you to be in I think for me personally it's just like a lot of people they, they, they work they work to live they don't live to work right and I think sometimes it it's actually sad because it's usually a heart attack or a health scare that tells somebody I'm working too hard, I need to back off, or it's you can't deal with stress or the load. So something has to give. And when you're not prepared to let the work give, your body takes that toll. Um, and like you can find another job. I know that's really glib and these kind of things, but unless you've got your health, you don't have anything. Like it's I'm really militant with stuff like that. It's like, this is my time, I'm going, and you know, I'll deal with that stuff later. Definitely. Like you said, I think with, you know, when you think about your, your health, both your physical and your mental health, when it's all moving in the right direction, when it's all on a nice balance, you know, everything is easier. Everything mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. more fun. Everything is more exciting. Opportunities are there. Opportunities, are, I believe opportunities are always there. But you're much more likely to be aware of them and to take them when everything is on a nice balance because you've got more space and more time and more perception, uh, more openness to kind of consider things. Whereas if everything's just in chaos, yeah, there's no doubt that everything starts to implode on yourself. And you know, I'm not a medical person in the slightest, but I kind of think that you know, if you're holding on to years and years and years of stress, it's going to have an effect on your physical health in one way yeah. or another, like without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so yeah, again, I think it's really, really strong. It's really powerful to hear somebody in your position who works deep in the corporate world to be talking openly and candidly mm -hmm. about things like this that people do really need to hear. Um, 
you know, I think the outdoors is so powerful. I think it's something that is much more uh, people are much more aware of now that getting outside, you know, whether that's walking around the local park or running up and down a mountain or paragliding or you know, whatever it may be. I think there's so much narrative now about, you know, getting outside and and you know making the most of what's out there for yourselves but you know for you I think like adventure is also quite a big thing like sure. the word itself adventure <laughs> like what does what does that mean because you know for some people I don't know an adventure could be you know get, getting married for some people an adventure could be just jumping in a car and driving around America I don't know but for you what does that word mean? It's weird because I guess when we talk about adventure, we kind of expect big things like you're going on a six-month expedition to the Amazon or you're crossing the Antarctic. But like when you get little kids and stuff, an adventure is sitting in your tent in the back garden and roasting marshmallows on a fire pit. That's an adventure, right? Yeah. Like you go to school, you come home, you go out with your friends. But to, to do something different and something that's unknown, basically a little bit of fear. and fear of the unknown um, and doing something that's new is an adventure. You know, hopping in your car, going somewhere, driving for three years, parking it somewhere and not knowing where the heck you are, that's an adventure. You know, it's, um, it maybe not turn out <laughs> the best way you want it to, but like, yeah, I, I really like adventures in the kind of whole sense of the word because you don't need to have everything planned, but you just need to kind of be able to hop about on the fly and make, make things work. You know, get dri- driving home from work and getting a flat tyre in the piss and rain is an adventure. You know, <laughs> it's a shit one, but like, <laughs> that, that's an adventure. It's like, how long is this going to take me to change this? Am I going to get home for my dinner? All these kind of things. And, you know, that's really simplistic and probably not the kind of adventure you want, but... An adventure is what you make of it, and um, you don't just need the weekend to do that. Like I think people need to make positive steps of change in their own lives. Like don't leave your phone beside your bed when you go to bed, and um, don't let it be the first thing that you pick up. And we seem to dive down the hole of electronics and trying to justify our personality and our existence, but it's. It's more than that. It's actually what you kind of... What, what do you feel inside? Do you feel good about yourself inside? Or do you look for external um, justification, if you like? And I think a lot of people... You know, there's a lot of really good-looking people that are unhappy because that's the way social media in our generation, if you like, has been dragged. You know, it's it's actually you make a hard choice to go against that grain because it's almost like you're leaving yourself behind, you know? Other people are moving forward and you're, you're kind of slowly backing away from that. I think it's a, it would be a conscious action, but it would be a hard one to make. Yeah, that's, the social media thing seems to come up quite a lot at the moment on the, on some of the pods that I've been doing. And that, it's something that I did, did want to bring up with you because sure. you obviously you're with the Forge blog, mm-hmm. you know, similar to the Evolve Pod. You know, it takes a certain amount of being online, promoting yeah. what you're doing, um, you know, posting some of the adventures that you're on and the, the adventures and the stories of the Metal Monday guests, etc. Sure. How do you balance that 
um, kind of the essentially sort of marketing and promotion side of social media without getting sucked in to some of the not so positive things about social media. I mean, this podcast came about because of social media, because we <laughs> connected on social media, swapped a few messages, you know, looked at each other's posts, et cetera, and thought, mm-hmm. hey, there's a good fit there. So there's always yeah. positives to come from <clears throat> social media. Sure. But it is a slippery slope. It is a kind of a big, deep black hole that you can get drawn into. And for you personally, because I know a lot of people out there do struggle with social media and a balance. How do you strike that balance between getting your messages across, mm-hmm. but also keeping it true to you? I think in the early days when I first get into social media, like everybody, you know, you're, um, you're in it for hours. You know, you're doing a black hole. You're on this, you're on that. You're kind of um, in it. When I got to, I think, maybe one of the um, new iPhones or whatever, I actually measures your social media time, right? And I, I got the report at the end of the week and you were averaging like six or seven hours, you know? And I was like, I'm wasting so much time on this. I'm not having it. I've actually went against the very thing that I kind of grew up not doing. Like I didn't have a phone until I was 16 and I bought that myself. When I started work, um, I was like, right, okay, so I need to cut all this back. So I think I've really stripped it back to about an hour, an hour a day. Um, and that's obviously kind of putting up on content, having a look at other people's, answering a few DMs and moving on. The only difference would be is like if I'm away somewhere, for example, Chamonix, um, and I'm kind of taking videos and these kind of things, and they're not like overly sexy videos or anything like that. It's just giving people a glimpse. This is what I'm doing. There's nothing fancy about it, but I'm having a good time. That, that's probably as simple as I can make it. It's not um, for you, it's for me. And it's just to let you see that I'm a family guy. Um, uh, I work hard, pretty much the same as everybody else. But also the other side of me is that I like to have a laugh and a good time. Yeah, and I would I would add to that, that my perception of, of you from social media is that you're a very passionate guy as well. Sure, but, I appreciate but, that. Uh, but there's, you know, passionate about the outdoors, passionate mm-hmm. about what you believe in, um, mm-hmm. passionate about standing your ground is probably not the best way to put it. But, you know, you believe in something and you stick up for it and you, you're you not afraid to talk about it and to, into, you know, to, to kind of fight that corner, which I think yeah. is, a, is, a, is a, there's not enough people that probably do that, particularly online these days. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I see quite often on on your socials is about you know safety in the outdoors as well because there's lots of stuff at the moment and this is something that i think is really cool there's lots of stuff at the moment about getting you know get people outside get let's go on an adventure let's go do x y and z you know like i've got an affinity with snowdonia and cribgok comes up all the time and you know sure. cribgok i don't know whether you've been up there but it's quite sketchy if you don't know yeah, what it's, to do it. it's like a road walk yeah. yeah and people get hurt and rescued you know quite often walking trainers and shops flip-flops no and i think it's quite an important message that you know that people like yourself are putting out there that you know you do yeah yes go out and have an adventure but equally learn about going on that particular adventure P- prepare yourself for that adventure because preparation is part of the adventure yeah you know ignore um, all get you so far yeah and i think that's another message that that more people need to kind of to talk about that yes it's okay you know definitely go out and have some fun but equally like don't put other people at risk 
Um, is that happening quite a lot up in Scotland then at the moment? Is there more because of lockdowns? Do you think is there more and more people just deciding that hey, fuck it, let's let's go out and see what happens? Yeah, and that, that was always the thing. Like there's been a massive influx in the kind of the great outdoors, if you want to call it, which is awesome, right? Like, but I, st- I struggle sometimes with why people do it. Like there's a whole kind of Instagram clique if you like, do it for the gram, right? Like, they've never been interested in the great outdoors, lockdown hand, oh, I know, I'll go hiking. Wait, okay, so that's cool. But you also need to know what you're doing as well, because ultimately when you make the phone call to the mountain rescue team, you're phoning them because you're stupid, right? It's, we all have bad days and sometimes we need to put up our hand. But like, if you've not actively sought out the route, what you should take with you, you know, how much food you should take, water, all these kind of things, then it's not really fair on the people that have kind of went to bed and need to come and get you at two o'clock in the morning. You know, I've got friends in the mountain rescue, friends that kind of work hard during the day, um, friends that were on the rescue of the 23 people that get taken off by Nevis. I mean, that was tragic what happened there, but it was probably largely avoidable. Like, there was nobody in a winter kit. Um, and I'm no expert either, but I know enough to not put myself in a silly position. Um, and with the internet being the internet, I mean, there's literally an endless amount of information you've got at your fingertips. You just need to kind of dive in. Any clue, if you get any questions, ask me. And if I don't have the answer, I'll point you in the direction that does. But I think... We like taking sexy pictures and getting lots of likes. But, you know, it's better to know what you're doing. That's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%, 100%. People don't like that. People don't like that I'm quite opinionated on that. And it kind of puts people in a different camp. But I'm not here to be liked. Like, it will save your life. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I'm, you know, it's good to go and have a go. Definitely go and have a go. 100%. But- make sure you're doing it in the right way make sure you're doing you know like <laughs> mountains are not there to be messed about with and mountains will always be there so if you feel like you're kind of pushing yourself out of your depth don't go and come back another day the, the, um, the way the way i look at it is i've got a kind of analogy it's not really an analogy but if you if you to take two cups or two vases if you like mm-hmm. fill one of them with marbles right that's your that's your luck pot and then in the other cup if you like that's experience. So every time you go out on an adventure or you go hiking or whatever sport you do, skiing, whatever, and you have a, a near miss or something bad nearly happened or it was a close call, you take one of the balls out the luck jar and you put it in the experience. So eventually all those close calls and near misses, you've took all the balls out of luck and they're in this cup. So all you need is one bad day because you're, you've got no luck left. It's all in your experience. And unless you kind of capture that, mm. you're going to get hurt pretty quick. I mean, for example, if you go to Chamonix or Val or all these kind of places, you know, if you claim those mountains with the same kit that you take to Scotland, you would die a hundred times over. Every day you went out in the mountains, you would die if you look at it that way. Because, yeah. you know, it's a nice walk, it's a nice day, but then at the top it's minus 30 and you're in shorts, you've got no waterproof. There was actually... um. I was speaking to a friend that lives in Chamonix and um, 
there was a couple of hikers that had went up the, the Aguide de Midi, the thing that looks like a rocket that you can yeah. see just, you know, just beside Mont Blanc. And um, they had set out with the intention of getting up, getting down, you know, as fast as they could. And I think they were really fit people, but the weather turned and they didn't have um, any kit to kind of stay warm. So what they ended up doing was they they, they snuck into the Grue de Midi and they tried to keep warm there. And it turns out they were actually found dead trying to keep their hands warm under the hand dryers. It's just that cold at the top. So it's, uh, it's sad. You know, you go out thinking when you have a good day, you've got it all planned and something just kind of goes against you. And you had a plan, obviously, to kind of get indoors, but it's shut. I mean, aye, tragic, really tragic. And that's mm. maybe, maybe the, the sadder side of adventures because, yeah, could have been avoided, but it was just shit happens really, isn't it? But this is, yeah, yeah, it does. And this is the the thing I have with my, with mountains for me. Like They are a metaphor for, for life, right? You, you have your incredible highs, you know, when you're at the tops. You have your journey on the way up, which is more often than not quite brutal the journey on the way down is more often than not even more brutal if you're on foot it's quite fun if yeah. you're on a snowboard <laughs> um, <Very fun. laughs> yeah yeah but you have this kind of you know in mountain you know if you look at a mountain range every mountain's different every summit's different every view from the top every aspect is different and i yeah. you know people who listen to this pod have heard me talk about this before and it's it definitely is a metaphor for life. I mean, so for you, if you take that metaphor into your life, what sort of ups and downs have you learned from to give you the experience, not just in adventure, but in life to be sort of balanced and sort of safe in who you are and, and kind of what you are and kind of almost kind of goes back into the Forge blog and what that's become as well. Sure. I think, um, so the one that I always remember that I kind of, was told early on was um, the mountains are for the soul, the summit is for the ego. And I always keep that in the back of my mind, you know, when things are hairy or visibility is really poor and you want to be a kind of a champion and push through. It's not always the case, you know, I've had to turn around a couple of times, um, once on Loch Nagar and one on Ben Vane. And on Loch Nagar, we were maybe 100, 100 metres from the summit. But time was going against us, visibility was rubbish. You could probably see six feet all around you. Um, it was in winter, so it was going to be dark at four o'clock, right? And um, had all the gear, head torches, warm stuff. But I was with my friend Colin at the time. Um, and we always make sure that whatever we want to do, it gets two votes or it doesn't happen. What I mean by that is like, if you wanted to do something, I wanted to do something. It just wouldn't happen unless we both agreed. So, yeah, I've turned around a couple of times. Um, you know, you can enjoy the mountains safely and just go along a kind of long, brisk walk. You don't even need to top out on the mountain. Obviously, that's, you know, that's what, you, what you're doing it for ultimately. But I think doing it a bunch of times, you gain a certain level of experience. And I think deeper than that, I actually understand myself pretty well because between the outdoors the corporate life you learn to know what you can do and what you can't do and I think 
yeah. For me, I would never kind of put myself in a silly position where I expected somebody else to fix it. And also, I don't think, well, <laughs> you wouldn't want to leave your family behind because you were stupid, would you? I mean, there's plenty of other times I can come back and visit the mountains. So, yeah, always look after yourself first. Because I think um, there was actually an incident lately where I think um, somebody had perished in Scotland um, and their friend had turned around, but sadly he didn't go with them. He pushed on. Um, he didn't make it. But it's, yeah, I mean, Scotland itself as well, if you've ever been to Scotland, is a bit of a different beast. You know, it's, um, it could be 10, 10, 10 degrees at the base and minus 10 at the top. And if you don't have kind of things for every occasion, you're going to suffer. That's not to say that something bad's going to happen to you, but you're definitely going to be in the hurt locker to try and get back down. Um, and it's also why I like hearing about other people's exploits. I mean, there's people on the Forge blog that's not um, sport-related whatsoever. It's all related to trauma and um, sadly rape and these kind of things. And it's how they've come to terms with that point in their life and try to turn it around into something potentially good and that they can help other people. And it's like, the Forge blog isn't kind of showcasing people's hardships and trauma for the sake of doing it. Like, you know, there's an underlying lesson there and that we're not all that different. It's just the stories that we are telling is a different mechanism in order to tell it. Definitely. You know, we've all been through hardships. We've all been through sad stories. We've all had to cry. It's like a lot of the time is the only differentiator in all these kind of things is how we as an individual endure that. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, I've lost loads of people close to me, I think. You know, it's funny because you can count them, but three close friends. Um, I went in two catastrophic car crashes, one where a motorcyclist died because it was hit by a drunk driver. Um, my flatmate, he sadly took his own life. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's just because I don't talk about these kind of things in my blog or online doesn't mean that, you know, kind of life has been cosy. It's just my way of dealing with things is kind of being positive and enjoying the good side of life. Because I think going down the hole of just kind of settling on the bad is obviously it's, it's naturally bad for your mental state. And I think naturally um, I've, I've tried to take myself to, to the good and throw myself into things um, that make me smile. That's the easiest way I can put it. I try to chase things that make me smile. And that's not for anybody else to kind of say yes or no to. It's just like everybody's different in what makes them smile. And that could be sports. It could be, you know, sitting in with your friends for a cosy night and playing Connect Four and having a glass of wine. It's literally... The ways that people are happy is endless, but they're all different. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> you, I appreciate you sharing that. That's um, that's very powerful, and I think I'm what I say it on this podcast again. Like I've I've got a bit of personal experience, like yourself, of people who have taken their own lives in my sort of network around me and stuff like that. And you know, how, how, how do you cope with that? Then, what's your outlet or 
because naturally it's impossible to forget, right? So there has to be a um, a bag of tricks, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, it's, it's sometimes the hardest possible thing to do, but there, there, there has to be a positive in every single scenario. There just has to be because sure. if, if you can't find that, and if you can't find that positive, everything's going to be bad for for the foreseeable. You know, everything is sure, sure. just going to have this dark cloud hanging over it. So, you know, when you, if, let's take grief for example. I think, mm-hmm. you know, grief is an interesting one. I think you have to, um, you have to let grief happen. You can't bottle it up. You can't just leave it alone. You can't ignore it. You, you need to, you need to grieve. You need to let it, let it out, which is yeah. a process of letting it go. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's. Like I said, if you look hard enough, like you've alluded to in your comments just now, you can find positives. You can find things that are going to put a smile back on your face. And if you can't do that, if you don't do that, you're going to wallow. You're going to suffer. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for me to sit here and say this now because now I'm 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 decent. I'm in a really good space. You know, I'm, everything's sure. going in the right direction. But I'm sure down the line something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. you know it's, it's bound to but I think now now that I've got the experience that I've got I'm nearly 40 um you know I think my little bag of tricks is to try and keep as positive as possible to try and see the positives in or try and find the positives in not very positive things and try and make it positive try and make people smile try and make people happy and acknowledge that times can be really shit but, oh, yeah. <laughs> but equally times can be absolutely amazing and sure. this goes back to the mountains like it's up and down and up and down and you never know quite what's going to be around the corner it's weird actually just to touch upon what you're talking about in terms of grief like people deal with it in so many different ways like a lot of people they do bottle up and then there's just a kind of a trigger point or a flash point and you know it's like off you go just even there in the Chamonix like my mum passed away um last year um actually on my dad's birthday right oh, man. so so you're there to have a celebration and that sort of stuff and then you know a couple of hours later you're lying in bed with your mum kind of seeing her out of her last breaths but um last week we were in chamonix we were actually having lunch um in one of the restaurants and they had music on in the background and songbird by fleetwood mac and stevie nicks came on and it just hit me because it was like one of my mum's favourite songs and I was just kind of sitting there thinking don't cry in front of company here don't lose it <laughs> and then what I ended up doing was I just vocalised it I said this song reminds me of my mum and I, to- I actually told people that and I was fine if I had sat there you know you would feel the kind of your palms sweating and you think I'm thinking about this too much you know people are looking at me kind of thing something's going to happen but instead I just kind of thought you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to tell them. And then, you know, that led to a different conversation and it was quickly over with. And I think um, I've always kind of vocalised things. I know a lot of people don't or they can't or they feel that they can't. I just don't really care what people think. I'll tell the story and then it lets people read it. And if you like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. But it's actually internally helped me a lot through life just by talking but naturally I, I get people don't it's just it suits my personality that I feel that I can I think it's for me listening to you say that like I, I'm certainly on the same page as you 
Uh, I probably never used to talk as much as I do now. Um, and probably still got a lot to work on, to be honest, but <laughs> definitely talking more about things that are holding me back or things that are playing on my mind or things that are making me sad or or things that make me happy, whatever. I think talking really is a really powerful tool. It's not fit for everybody, but I think we all need to have a way of getting that out of our kind of just whirling around in our heads. So whether that's writing it down, whether that's drawing a picture, whether it's talking to someone, whether it's talking to an anonymous person on the end of the phone, whether it's whatever, I think mm -hmm. we, we all need to have some sort of a kind of a, a um, an avenue for want of a better word, an outlet to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so again, and it's come up before on, on the Evolve pod, having particularly guys like yourself, Mm -hmm. you kind of like into the outdoors into the kind of extreme sports kind of thing but uh -huh. also more than happy to vocalize you know how you feel and show that that's fine that's okay and it's a good thing to do I think is a really really big powerful message and I really appreciate you sharing that thank you of course <laughs> let's um let's go back to adventure mm -hmm. what in the last kind of well let's let's let's, let's not give it a time barrier What's been the best adventure that you've ever been on? Um, for different reasons. One's probably having kids. I mean, that's a pretty big adventure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> every day is different. Like making the breakfast is an adventure. Like, what, what they're going to want, you know? Here's your um, Nutella and toast. No, I don't want that. I'll cook up up right no problem. Put that in the bin. My um, son wanted strawberries in his hot dog for tea tonight. <laughs> really, that's random. It's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's in my hot dog. I love it. Yeah. I like it. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> and a uh, big adventure. I think um, one of my best adventures actually was, you know, for a sadder cause, but we did the Three Peaks Challenge way back. And um, we did it for a friend whose daughter sadly had cancer. Um, and sadly, again, she, she didn't make it. But um, we did the Three Peaks Challenge, um, which is obviously Ben Nevis, Snowden, um, and Scaffield Pike. That's a horrible mountain. I hate Scaffield Pike. I've done it twice. Once during the daylight, once at night time, and I didn't like it either time. So <laughs> I don't think I'll be back anytime soon. But the reason that we done it was, you know, a noble one. And uh, I, I had shingles at the time. You know, I was just in a shit state. You know, I was dehydrated. I was being sick. My body was a bag of washing, but uh, <laughs> it was like there was nothing going to stop me. I was going to get dragged off the hill because I kind of set out to to do it. We finished it, completed it, uh, back on the bus, big hugs. And then we were actually on a, a bus that actually had beds. And then, so we actually get back on the bus. And because just I was in just such a shit state, and the reason that we're doing it was so emotional, I literally just drew my curtain and just cried my heart out just because of the fact that what we were doing, and just because I thought to myself, you know, I didn't give up. You know, I just kind of kind of finished it, even though it was in a, a pretty pretty bad spot. But finished that off when I was okay, and I sorted myself out. Drew the curtains again, grabbed the beer and had a laugh with the boys. But I just had to um, let it out because it was just a festered um, on the eight-hour drive back home. So I mean, I cry all the time. It's just that uh, you'll never see it. You'll never see it. <laughs> Always behind a curtain. 
know. <laughs> I, I think yeah, <laughs> adventure like that where it, where it brings up uh, emotions to that sort of a level, I think are you know they're game changers, really, aren't they? Yeah, you know, I mean, it I, wasn't it wasn't for us that were doing it. It was to yeah. actively try and do something good. And I remember saying to the boys, you know, despite fe- feeling like that, there was a little girl that was feeling a hell of a lot worse. Mm. Um, yeah, I would have done it every single weekend if it would have made a difference, if it would have changed the outcome. Yeah, and this goes back into another thing I talk about quite a lot, which is, fun, you know, really understanding and tapping into your reasons why. Yeah. And that could be... Um, you know, on that sort of a challenge, I've done some some similar things before where, you, you know, you're doing it for a, almost a greater thing than the personal gain that you're going to get from it. It's it's not really about your gain. It's about what the whole challenge brings, the whole community or a whole or an individual. But your reasons why could be, I'm going to go and do something as fast as I possibly can for the hell of yeah. it. And if you're tapping yeah. into that and that's your reasons why, then that's fine. Sure. Um, but those challenges where it kind of hits you really deep, those are the ones that really change you and those are the ones that kind of make you in my opinion yeah the, emo- the emotional side is one that you can really tap into a lot of good because yeah. when, when you push the ego at the side and you're actually doing it for kind of noble reasons and dare I say it, a little bit of love it, it tends to go further and I remember doing an event many years ago um, when my first boy Harry was born where my ego was kind of at the, at the forefront of why I did things. And I remember kind of, you know, for whatever reason, I was away up at the, I've actually wrote a story about it um, on my blog and the story is called Don't Let Go of Me. Um, I remember being at the front of the pack with all the other kind of elite guys and slowly but surely, I slowly started to peg away all the way at the back and I thought to myself, the fuck is going on here? Like, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not the weakest link. And all these guys here, you know, if you want to talk about ego, I'm not the weakest link here. But slowly but surely I ended it back. And one of the event staff said, No, you're right, what's wrong? And I said, I just can't catch a breath. And um, I ended up, they, they told me to take my pack off and that sort of stuff. I had to kind of assume the, the, the star, <laughs> like a star shape with my arms up and my legs wide. Started listening at the back of my, my, my back and he had said, Your lungs are filling with water. And I said, you know, why would that be? He said, well, it's a, it's, you might have a virus or you maybe get pneumonia. But um, the, way they, the way they described it was when you kind of breathe in and out, it's like boiling an egg. When you're kind of in the hot or the cold, what should happen is like it should, the, the little balls at the top of the water should kind of evaporate and go away. But with me, what was happening was it was dripping into my lungs as opposed to boiling off. So ultimately what would have happened is um, it said you'd ended up with pulmonary edema. You would have kind of, you know, your heart would have failed and then your, the rest of your organs would have shut down. But it took somebody to notice that I was struggling for me to stop because I'm not too sure my ego would have let me stop. And then after all that was kind of said and done and visited the hospital and they kind of confirmed all these kind of things. Again, I remember having a bubble thinking I would have died on a fucking hill just because I wanted to do something. And it was because um, I don't come from 
that line of work come from the corporate side and I just wanted to see if I could cut it, you know, in this kind of arena. Um, and obviously <laughs> the ego would have left behind a new baby boy and a wife because I didn't want to stop myself. So from then, that, that's changed my outlook of things and I generally do things now for enjoyment, not to thrash myself into oblivion. I've been there, I've done that. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. sort of resonate with that a little bit yeah. in that sort of space of kind of tra- transitioning from beasting myself to kind of doing things <laughs> slightly differently. I'm not mm-hmm. ruling it out 100% yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um, ego again. Uh, ego is another massive topic and it's it's good to to kind of reference that and that it's changed. And yeah, you kind of you just you seem to be in a space where it's all about the fun stuff and about the positivity stuff and about the not having to prove anything to anybody, which yeah. is a great space to be in. Yeah, I've changed quite a lot, I think. But but that, that comes at a price, right? Like you have to get through a lot of soul searching days to yeah. see what makes you drive and what makes you tick. And I think for me in the early days, it was about ego, for lack of a better word. But now it's all about kind of um, good vibes lighting candles and shit honestly like <laughs> you know just just to feel good stuff that nobody wants to say out loud i've got no problem talking about that out loud yeah, yeah because yeah. because that, that's just what keeps me happy i dig it nice nice <laughs> so graham where can people find out more about you follow you mm-hmm. online and yes. obviously subscribe to the blog give us a little bit of information about where people can get get hold of you Sure, so the easiest way, I guess, is on Instagram. Um, you can find me um, if, you, if you search for The Forge. I don't actually go by my name. It is actually under The Forge because on my page, it's a bit of everything, really. It's what I get up to. It's what other people get up to. You know, I share a ton of other people's pages. Um, and then the main w- website is theforgeblog.co.uk. Cool. Mm. I, yeah, I... I think there's a lot more to come from from you and from you know the, the foundation of the forge i think it's a great um it's a great sort of tool to just keep inspiring people who are maybe just looking for something just to dig themselves out of a little hump but equally some of the stories on there and your own stories that you've sort of alluded to it in the last hour or so i think there's a lot to take from that for people and i think there's a lot of um you know a lot of positivity that we can all take from from listening to your stories so thank you for for coming on and sharing all that i really appreciate it no, um, not a problem i appreciate being asked it's, it's always a pleasure thanks so much Charlie. hey you're welcome so guys yeah thank you very much for tuning in um get on the forge give graham a follow have a read of the blog there's always some really cool content coming out pretty regularly so um yeah enjoy it stay safe everybody stay positive keep smiling and just listen learn and grow And yeah, looking forward to bringing you some content coming up pretty soon. Cheers, everybody. And thanks, Graham. Take care, mate. Thanks, brother. Cheers, sir.